In addition to being a gifted pastor and speaker, O.S. Hawkins is perhaps best known as the author of the immensely popular Code series of devotional books. Today on Turning Point, he joins Dr. David Jeremiah to discuss the latest addition to his lineup, The Prayer Code. To help you grow in this vital area of prayer, here's David and his timely interview with author and friend, O.S. Hawkins. Hey, I'm talking today to my friend, O.S. Hawkins, and uh, we have kind of gotten in a routine here where we do this uh, periodically, and it's always related to a new project that he has completed. I don't know where the idea of the codes came from, but uh, OSU have taken that to a high level, and uh, this new one, the prayer code, is is very special. I am so excited to be able to talk with you about this and, and super excited to make this book available to our listeners. Uh, so um, there's an awful lot of things you can talk about, but why did you end up here with the prayer code? Well, great question, and thank you for the privilege of being with you, David. It's always a joy to be with you and, and those who listen to you. I don't know of any ministry anywhere that's synonymous with integrity and excellence uh, like uh, Turning Point. In answer to your question, the prayer code is is the several in a series of these code devotional books. The essence of them is not to get people into the Word of God. The essence is to try to get the Word of God into the people. And so the first one was called the Joshua Code, 52 Scripture Questions Every Believer Should Answer. So I, w- I was thinking, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult to get new believers or, or, or older believers into the Bible. I picked 52 verses that I believe every believer ought to know. And if you know those verses, you'll know the theme of the Bible. Memorize one a week. Scripture memory is a lost art. You could memorize one a week. There are devotional thoughts there in the Joshua Code. It comes from Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And so uh, it just took off. And then secondly, I was just reading devotionally, and I, I was astounded at the number of times Jesus asked questions in the Gospels. And I counted them over 150 questions that are recorded and he was omniscient. He had all knowledge, and yet he was always asking questions. And I, I decided that there are also 52 Scripture questions every believer ought to answer before they go to heaven. If a man dies, will he live again, and on and on. And so that came the Jesus Code, 52 Scripture questions everybody should answer. And it just followed by a series of 10 or 12 of them now, the Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. And then it dawned on me, uh, Dr. Jeremiah, that... All of these were mainly about the Word of God, and so I've always believed that the Bible without prayer has no real dynamic, and prayer without the Bible has no direction. They go together like ham and eggs or steak and potatoes, and so I thought it was long overdue to to find 40 Scripture prayers that every believer ought to pray, and that's the prayer code today. hoping it will really deepen people's prayer life as they learn to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. You know, it's, um, one of the things that, that I thought about when I saw the book was it, it's going to be a great help to a lot of people, but it addresses one of the really challenging things of being a Christian. I would imagine if you talked to the average Christian and said, where, where do you feel the greatest deficiency in your life? Most of them would say, I know I don't pray like I should. Um, prayer is, uh, is elusive to a lot of people. And um, it's interesting to me that in this book, you, you make the point that even the disciples must have felt that way because they didn't ask Jesus to teach them to preach or teach them to travel. They asked Jesus to teach them to pray. 
No, that's such a good point. And I think one of the reasons that I waited so long to do the prayer code in this code series is simply because I don't feel like I'm adequate to write a book on prayer, to be honest with you. The unfathomable riches of God in Christ, and, and I don't think there's any of us that think we we pray enough or, or know how to pray as we should. But what a great point you just made. The disciples were, were with him 24-7 for three years. They, they heard him preach the world's greatest sermons, heard him teach the greatest lessons, saw him raise the dead and heal the sick and walk on the water and all of these things. And yet the only thing recorded in the Scripture they ever asked him to teach them to do was to teach them to pray because they had watched him and get up a great while before day and pray. They saw him sometimes go up in the mountain all night and pray. He prayed before every great undertaking, after every great undertaking. They understood that that was the secret of the dynamic of his life was uh, was his own prayer life. Well, you know, uh, when it comes to our feeling about prayer, I take great comfort from something. I think Dr. Criswell told me this one time. He said, when it comes to living a Christian life, you don't have to be way down the road, but you got to be on the road. <laughs> when it comes to prayer, you don't have to be uh, the master of praying that you might think you should be, but you need to be on the road. And I notice, as I look through the list, there's all kinds of different prayers. But let's see we're in for just a moment. Uh, the prayers of Jesus are in there and, and other prayers. One of the things that's always greatly encouraged me is to just Read the prayers that David prayed that are recorded for us in the Psalms. Right. They're very honest prayers. That's the thing I've always... I know a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't tell God how bad you're feeling, or you shouldn't tell God that you're having a bad day, or... David didn't have any problem with that. No, no, he certainly didn't. And uh, all you have to do is read that penitent prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51 when he just lays bare his heart before the Lord after being confronted by Nathan and... Uh, to see that, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And in prayer, it's not so much what words we use or, you know, most of us have been in some church and, and seen somebody we talk to all the time. Then they call on to pray and they start praying in a cadence and in a, a dialect we've never even heard before. You know, God God looks on our hearts and it's not so much, I don't even think it's so much what we pray as it is what we are when we pray. Right. Well, I believe that's the truth. And and I always tell people that David's prayers begin with a sigh and they end with a song. And, you know, isn't that something that prayer does? Prayer does help you to work through in your own life what's going on, even as you pray and you hear yourself praying. Uh, we think that prayer is about what God's going to do for us, and we forget that what he's doing for us, he's changing us in the very act of praying. Absolutely. And you just said something very important when you said when we hear ourselves pray. You know, the truth of the matter is many of us never hear ourselves pray because we just pray with our heart and we pray silently. But when we're in a car by ourselves and we're driving along and we're praying or at night we're by ourselves in our prayer closet and we're praying, there's something about audibly talking to God mm -hmm. that's vitally important. And it's also equally important that, that we remember that prayer, like any kind of communication, is a two-way street. And it's not just what we're saying to Him. More importantly, it's getting our heart in tune so that we can hear what He has said to us. Those Emmaus disciples' hearts were, started burning, not when they talked to God and not when they talked to each other about God, but when He spoke to us along the way. Mm -hmm. And when they heard His voice in their heart, that's when they got a burning heart. One of the questions that people ask me sometimes, and I, I 
once in a while hear it discussed in sermons is, who do we actually pray to? Do, do we just pray to God, or do, do we pray to the Holy Spirit? Do we pray to Christ? Help us with that one. Well, yeah, you know, the Trinity, it, you know, it plays a, plays a part in prayer. You know, the source of all prayer is to the Father. That's, that's why when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, what, our Father. And, you know, we prayed that model prayer so much that I think many of us just shoot past those first two words without ever thinking about them. Uh, but our Father, if, we, if you want to really pause and, and really know how to pray, then that's, that's where you begin with, with our. There's, a, there's this unselfish recognition. You know, most of our prayers, I, 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 me, 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 my, my, my. But he said, pray our Father. And, and he, when he did that, he wanted us to remember we're a part of a big family. You know, I prayed that prayer uh, in India in the middle of, Cast systems with believers. I prayed it in Africa and open wall churches under ten roofs and Arab nations and Muslim countries. I prayed it in Cuba with those still oppressed by a communist regime in Israel with Jewish believers and with our black and Hispanic brothers and sisters here. And uh, you know Jesus in his high intercessory prayer prayed that we all may be one. So our Father is so vitally important what we pray. And then Father, I mean he 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 wants us to remember that the true brotherhood of man is really in the family of God. We're not all God's children. We're, we're all God's creation, but the Bible says we're children of God by faith mm. in Christ Jesus. So when we pray our Father, we're acknowledging the fact that, that we've been born into his family. So mm. he's the source of our prayer. And then, of course, the, the God the Son is the course of our prayer. You know, we're, we're to pray through the Son. We're to pray in Jesus' name. There's one mediator between God and man, the, the man Jesus Christ, our high priest. And and then the force of prayer is that effective, powerful prayer is by one spirit, the Bible says. Jude said that we're to build ourselves up in this most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all interact together in prayer. Access to the, to the Father is the goal of all prayer. He's the source. We must go through His Son and be empowered by His Spirit. But that's why the Bible says, for through him, Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Amen. You know, back to the Lord's Prayer, uh, when I first started preaching, uh, I ran into a lot of people that thought that Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray word for word that prayer. And, and, it, and then I began to realize that that was a model outline for prayer, that that it wasn't just get up and in a kind of a mindless way, repeat the mantra of the Lord's Prayer, but learn how to pray through the various sections of that prayer. It is an incredible outline for prayer. Anybody who takes that and uses the various sections of that prayer to define their own prayer life will, will truly be blessed. So true. He he didn't say pray this prayer. He said when you pray, pray like this. That's right. And 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 you're Dr. Jeremiah. You're right in the middle of the bullseye because uh, what what he does in that model prayer he shows us that the object of this prayer is for God's glory. Hallowed be your name. That's the 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 element of sincere worship that's there. And then and then there's 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 also the outcome of this prayer it's for our good. Give us this day our daily bread and. And all those petitions. So, yeah, he said, pray like this. Right. It's, a, it's a model. And, and for those of us who are in leadership and, and families and all of that, the, the concept of, Lord, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done down here as it is up there. Mm. I mean, that that is a 
force to be reckoned with if you're a believer. And and I remember uh, many times in my own life when I realized the purity of that request. You know, it's not about what I want or what somebody else wants. It's what the king wants. And how can we get into that stream of thought? Right. And that's you just touched on the whole secret of prayer, too. It's 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 all about wrapped up in the mysterion, the mystery of, of God's will. If we know the will of God in a matter, then all we have to do is ask and receive. You know, he said, I'm not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. We know it's God's will for us to come to faith in Christ. So what do we do? We don't have to seek for it. We don't have to knock on, keep on knocking. We just ask and we receive and uh, come to faith in Christ. And then there are times we don't know the will of God. A lot of our listeners right now are in a situation, circumstance, I'm sure, where they don't know the will of God in a matter, maybe with their kids or with their spouse or at the office. And that's where Jesus said, if you don't know the will of God, seek. Mm -hmm. That's the second level of prayer. Seek it, and you'll find it. And what a promise he had. You'll search for me with your whole heart. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we know the will of God for a matter, we know we're certain of the will of God, but we haven't seen the answer yet. And that's where that prayer of importunity where he said, knock, and as you well know, mm-hmm. that verb tense means to don't quit. Just keep on knocking with importunity and keep knocking on God's door and, and, mm-hmm. and rest in the promise that it will be open to you. It's all wrapped up in his will for us. You know, the Bible is uh, full of instruction as to how to pray, and we've talked about some of that. But you know, the best thing uh, about it all to me is that the Bible is also full of prayers. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, okay, here's what you do, but here's what it looks like. And, you know, one of the prayers uh, that you talk about in your book is actually it's the uh, prayer that spawned one of the best-selling books in history. Um, the Prayer of Jabez, written by Bruce Wilkinson, I think sold more copies uh, for a little book than any other book like it in history. And uh, it's also very controversial. A lot of people had problems with that, the Prayer of Jabez. And yet it's in the Bible. What, what do you take from that? Well, I take from that, and, and you're right, that I remember when when uh, that book took off like wildfire. But I think the whole key to understanding the Prayer of Jabez is when he said that your hand might be upon me. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is about the fear of God. And the fear of God is not the fear that God's going to put his hand on me of retribution. If I have to walk around on eggshells, be afraid of everything I say or do or don't do, and God's going to, something bad's going to happen to me. The fear of God is the fear, not that he put his hand on you, but the fear that he will take his hand off of you, a hand of blessing and anointing off of you. You know, I've, I've seen this happen, I think, to people. And so that was the thrust of Jabez's prayer, that you might bless me indeed, that your hand might stay with me, that your hand might be upon me, that your protection, your anointing, your blessing might come upon me. And then he prayed that, and that you'd keep me from evil. So, uh, you know, that's a prayer I pray a lot. And it's a prayer you just have to understand that uh, it's all about keeping the hand of God on you. There's one prayer that often has uh, captured my attention, and that's John 17, where the Lord prayed uh, his mighty high priestly prayer. Right. What, what do you think about that? Well, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is many people call that prayer we talked about earlier, our Father who art in heaven, the, the model. Many people call that the Lord's Prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer. Absolutely. Uh, it's the model prayer. Right. Uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, as you said, is found there in, in John 17 where he prays for us. He prays for the disciples. He prays for us. And the, the heartbeat of his prayer uh, is manyfold, but 
but also that we might be one. And uh, that was the heartbeat of what he was praying there. And, you know, uh, you know, when he starts that prayer, I love the way he starts that prayer when he, when he says, Father, the hour has come, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was his prayer. Then, then his, the, if you just read it and let it read itself and pray that glorify your son, that why? That your son may also glorify you. You know, Dr. Jeremiah, one of the secrets I've learned in, in reading the Bible, every time I see that little word, that, T-H-A-T, I circle it. And I ask myself, why? Look, when he prays, glorify your son, that, I circle that and say, why? Why does he pray and glor- that your son also may glorify you? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that, that was the thrust of his prayer, that, that he, wanted to, he wanted to be glorified only so that the Father might be glorified. Well, you know, the Bible is just a, it's a treasure of prayers. And, and any of us who pray and feel like we don't pray like we should, uh, one of the things that we should be reminded of is that prayer is something we do, and we should keep doing it even when we—I mean, I've, I've often said, Lord, I don't feel like talking to you today. I, I know I should, but I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it because I know it's right, and in the process of doing it, He restores the want to. Uh, you know, prayer comes at all times, and, you know, men are always to pray and not to faint. A lot of fainting going on these days. Uh, a lot of people giving up and walking away, and uh, I think one of the reasons is they forget that they're not in this alone, that they have a resource available to them, but they got to connect to Him. So true. Hey, you know, on the last page of the Bible, after 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,103 verses, almost <laughs> 1 million written words, there's one final prayer, and it's a powerful prayer, and it's only five words long. Even so, come Lord Jesus. What a prayer. Wow. Yeah. And what a theme that is. Of, you know, you can't think of David Jeremiah and his ministry of the Word of God without thinking about our blessed hope, his glorious appearing, because David in a day when eschatology had been pushed aside and so many things, thank you for standing tall and continuing to wave that flag with integrity and the scriptures for us to know that he's coming, our blessed hope. Last promise of the Bible is right before that, too. Surely I am coming quickly. Said Jesus. You know, uh, I heard somebody say this the other day. It resonated with me because, you know, if you do write on prophecy, people accuse you of being uh, predicting and all of that, which I've never done. I know that no man knows the day nor the hour. Not even the Lord Jesus knew that on the earth. But someone said it this way the other day. Is this the end of the world? No, but this is the world of the end. Mm. And that really helped me understand how we can go about this. this isn't, we can't say this is the end of the world. We don't know that for sure, but we do know this. It's the world of the end. More things are true now about what's going to happen before Jesus comes back than have ever been true before. True. So is it the end of the world? I don't know, but I know that it's the world of the end because everywhere you look, you see all of these things kind of gathering, and I do believe that Jesus is coming back. And what could we do better in the meantime? Learn how to pray, learn how to stay focused on what we're doing, and make sure we don't give in to the lethargic uh, attitude that so many people have about this. So true. And, and, you know, this matter of him coming again, and your emphasis on it, my emphasis on it in the prayer code and others, 
you know, the truth of the matter is this was the passion of that early church. They, they had a word that they greeted each other with that word, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. They lived in anticipation of the any moment return of Christ. And, and that anticipation moved them to evangelism and gospel sharing and, and uh, everything that, that we read about in the book of Acts was moved and motivated by this passion that they were going to see the Lord come again. So, you know, I, I just uh, I just wish that I would get up every morning more wondering if this was the day. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, OS, this is a, a great uh, gift to the body of Christ, and I'm very grateful that you've done it. Uh, before we wrap all of this up, let me ask you this question. If you could just say, this is what I hope will happen because of this book, what would your response to that be? My hope that what would happen because of this book would be that people would come to a passionate desire to live in communion with God. You know, the Bible says we're to pray without ceasing. We don't. It's not just a. It's not saying our prayers. It's just living in the spirit of, of communion with Him and knowing that you can't separate in your own devotional life, the Bible reading. One of the, one of the dangers of devotional books is they, they move some people away from the Bible. We need to remember that the, the greatest devotional book we have is just the Word of God as we're sitting down with it. And so what I try to do with all the code series is not to write about the Word of God, not about trying to get people into the Word of God. It's about trying to get the Word of God into people by people reading these code books and then getting a passion to really get into the Word of God themselves with an open Bible Mm -hmm. and a prayer, a heart, say, Speak, Lord, uh, to me according to your Word, and let God speak to you. You know, very quickly, there's a prayer of communion I talk about in here, and it's a prayer that, that I pray at the end of my prayer time where I just am quiet before the Lord with an open Bible, and I call it the prayer of communion, and it's a prayer that goes beyond mere words, and I'm not talking about any kind of glossolalia or anything. I'm just talking about sitting before God quietly with an open Bible as He impresses us always by His Spirit and through His Word. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, um, OS, uh, as, as a pastor and as the sort of the voice of Turning Point, I have in my heart a desire for people who listen to us to build their library with, uh, with, with good volumes. And we try to write things that will help them. Uh, I'm just so very grateful that we've been able to make available to our Turning Point listeners these uh, code books because you know what I know about them is they will not only be read when they're received, but people will remember that in that book there's something they need and, and they'll pick it up off the shelf. It will it will constantly help them over the years of their life, and certainly the prayer code is that book. Let me just say this to all of you who are listening. OS uh, writes these books, and if I'm looking at this correctly, um, you've, you over two million of these books have been produced. Is that right? The, David, they have, and, the, and all of the royalties from all of them. Uh, go to Mission Dignity. We're on a mission to bring dignity to some forgotten people, and that's pastors and their widows in their declining years who are living at the poverty level. They pastored out in the crossroads, never had enough to live on, much less retire on. And 10 years ago, we were able to give them $50 a month. Now the neediest 
uh, because of the profits of these books, get $750 a month. One 87-year-old pastor's widow wrote me recently, and she said, I get to eat at night now, and it's not just a piece of toast. So every time somebody buys a code book, they can know that all the royalties go to support some good and godly pastors and their widows in their declining years who are desperately in need. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for talking to me about it. Uh, In these next days, we're going to send these all over the world. And I'm sure that God is going to use them to bring blessing and hope, instruction, and uh, joy to so many people. It's wonderful to be on the same team with you, OS, and let's do it again sometime soon. Thank you so much, David. Appreciate it more than words can say. Thank you for joining us today and listening to our conversation. Uh, Just a a good way for me to remind you that here's a volume you want to have in your library. It's a beautiful leather-covered book called The Prayer Code, 40 Scripture Prayers Every Believer Should Pray. And I'd like to encourage you to ask for your copy of this beautiful gift book when you send your January gift to Turning Point. We are grateful for your gift. We want to say thank you in a substantial way and add value to your life. Send your gift today and ask for your copy of The Prayer Code. We'll see you tomorrow as we start our new series from Nehemiah. Hope you'll join us then. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's interview with author O.S. Hawkins, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of O.S. Hawkins' latest book, The Prayer Code. 40 Scripture Prayers Every Believer Should Pray. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in several durable and stylish cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we begin 10 Steps to Spiritual Renewal, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point's new 365-day devotional, Every Day with Jesus, is available now. Filled with inspirational readings from Dr. David Jeremiah and paired with Scripture, it will encourage you each day in your walk with God. This popular resource is yours with a gift of any amount in support of this program. And when you give a generous gift of $120 or more, you'll receive four copies so you can share them with others. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. 
Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. The great British writer C.S. Lewis used his way with words to describe the safest road to hell. The safest road to hell, he wrote, is a gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. As well as a description, Lewis' words are also a warning. Things that are gradual, gentle, and soft don't seem dangerous. But like a boat drifting slowly in the current, we can find ourselves in an unplanned place unless we take care to avoid it. Thankfully, God offers us a way to get off the road to hell and on the road to heaven. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's alternative to hell on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.